Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Today we're talking about trust and betrayal. This is a fascinating topic for me and one that I find challenging in the context of therapy. Um, so we're going to bat it around a little bit. would love to hear from you if you have ideas, specifically if it's a, uh, an issue in your relationship or if you're a therapist that has some great strategies, uh, let us know about them. But before we get started, I want to say happy birthday, mom. I love you. I'm really glad that we have the same genes. Well, most of them anyway. Anyway, stick around. Marriage Therapy Radio, coming at you. Hey, hi. Good morning. How's it going? Pretty good. I have a busy week, fun week. Lots of fun, exciting things going on. Why? Well, uh, you we- don't have spring break, right? You don't, that, that's not a thing for you and your family. Mm, no, because I don't have a school-age child, but- Right, right, right. I did have a spring break where my mom and my entire family came, and we had a family reunion that I hosted here at the house. So I'm on the other yeah. end of that, and it feels good. I mean, not for them yeah. to have left, but you know, you, like check that off. You don't have to see family for another two years. It's good. <laughs> right. Are, are you? I'm going to go see my family this weekend. You um, weren't, but they oh, don't know that's it. right. You're surprising them. It's okay because this podcast will come out when you're there. Right. It's my mom's birthday, and they're having a surprise party, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go, but I managed to um, rearrange a few things, and so I'm taking a quick trip to Virginia. You're the best son. 48 hour trip. Yeah. So good. Are you going to bring her a gift? Are you a gift giving type of family? I am. I am going to bring her a gift. Okay. So my mom, uh, my mom taught me how to play games. Like she's a game player, game Mm -hmm. lover, Mm -hmm. um, which I think she got from her mom. And there's a, um, there's a gene on her side of the family. It's the cheating gene. Mm, My um, mom has that, which my mom definitely has. My mom has the cheating gene. She's a cheater. And, uh, and her mom was a cheater, but I didn't get the gene. So, um, it passed me by, mm-hmm. um, pretty sure my kids have it and my, my, uh, some other people in my family have it, but, yeah. but I'm bringing my mom a card game, um, for her to learn and enjoy because when she visits us in the later on in the spring, we're going to play the game that I have it here at my house, the same game. And, uh, and we'll all just enjoy that together. And what game is this that you are bringing her? Oh, it's um, it's a game. It's actually a game I bought on Kickstarter. It's called um, I haven't played it yet. It's a, it's something about unicorns, um, <laughs> unstable unicorns, unstable unicorns. Okay, yeah, that's fun. I think it's called. You know, it's. So I bought it on kick. I bought it. On, I supported it on Kickstarter. Yeah. I'm I'm going to use this opportunity as a natural segue to tell you about my experience that I um I recently had to go under anesthesia, and when I woke up. 
I had the best day. It turns out that whatever drugs they give you as a part of your anesthesia cocktail are amazing. And I've never had this experience, but I was so happy and I couldn't sleep that night. And for three hours, I was sitting there next to my husband, just typing away, furious. And I had created a card game for couples. And can I tell you the premise? I think it's so fun. So the, the Yeah. The, uh, so we're done talking about me and now we're talking about yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just going to use this as a natural plug. That was a natural segue. It yeah. was a natural segue of yeah, 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 <laughs> over with you, on to me. So the card game is called Show Me You Love Me. And um, on the other side of the card, it's these suggestions or like love tasks, like clean, clean the house or like empty the dishwasher or listen to me talk about my day or give me a foot massage, like all these different things. And what you do is you hide one of these cards so that your partner will find it. When they find it, they have 24 hours to complete that love task. And I'm super excited because I actually have it. Um, so anyway, that's what I've been doing. That's what that's nice. my card game, and it'll be available for so, sale uh, eventually. Can I? Oh, oh, uh, you're not giving them away to me. I, mean, I will like, give you. I will definitely give you my business partner, but I will be selling them for like fifteen dollars online. Right on. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else new? Did you did you do anything exciting? Uh, oh, you know what I did? I saw Hamilton. Hamilton. You did not. I did. They came to Salt Lake and I knew that there was a lot of hype around Hamilton, but I don't like to get into things that get super hyped up. And now I'm on the other side of seeing Hamilton and the hype is real. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. We saw it we saw it last summer in Chicago, actually. We went out and, and had a little trip, little family trip out to Chicago and saw it. And um I actually, I actually, I agree with you. It's a very, very powerful show and um, there's a lot going on in there. I want to ask you a question though, as a therapist about this and maybe tiny spoiler alert here, but um, so in case you don't know, this, this show is about this guy, Alexander Hamilton and <laughs> spoiler alert and he, <laughs> yeah, and sort of his uh, journey through like the early uh, days of the founding of the United States and all of what that required. But I want to ask you a question. As you think back on the plot and as, on all those things that happened in the show, what is Alex's, Alexander's biggest betrayal of Eliza? Um, it's his sister. It's her, her sister. The fact, okay, so I think that the- Angelica. Yeah, the biggest betrayal would be the fact that he had an ongoing emotional affair with his wife's sister, not interesting, not his sexual affair with this other woman. Yeah. Which happens later in the, in the show. Yeah. And, and so I think this is a really interesting question because uh, Hamilton came through town here in Seattle, uh, uh, probably right before Salt Lake. Like I'm sure it was the tour and it mm -hmm. just kind of moved from mm -hmm. one to the next. And, um, so I had clients coming through my office week after week and part of their like kind of week recap was, hey, we saw Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And so I was asking this question. I was like, what do you think? Like, what do you think is the biggest betrayal? Because he's a workaholic. Um, mm -hmm. he, he jeopardizes the life of his son. Mm -hmm. he, he has a sexual affair. He writes about it. She finds out about it because he, he publicizes it mm -hmm. before he speaks to her. Um, there's the whole thing with Angelica. There's a lot going on. And I think what it does for people is it makes them go, Oh, betrayal's kind of weird. It's kind of messy. It's kind of um, 
not clean, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Clearly, if you're having sex with someone that you're not married to and that's out of bounds for your marriage, that's a betrayal for sure. Yeah. But there are all these other little tiny ones that are kind of add up and kind of sneak up. Um, I think it would be interesting think, to ap- ask a couple too and, and have them hear each other's response. That, like they, they think yeah, yeah. like- Yeah, no, that's, this is the conversation I'm having yeah. with clients on a pretty regular basis over the last couple of weeks is- and they would, and they would disagree. They would say, "Oh, mm-hmm. I think it's this, or I think it's that." Um, in in my mind, it's probably the the uh, the way he the way she becomes aware of the of the affairs, mm-hmm. um, because it really is a complete disregard for her, a complete and total disregard for her at mm. at the expense of self preservation. Mm. I can sort of understand why you'd make relational moves but this was a self-serving move for mm-hmm, him so mm-hmm. and that conversation itself is is wild but do you i'm going to use this as a natural segue oh, actually okay. because it's more natural um than, <laughs> than self-promotion let's be done talking about that and by talk the about way this other thing the instead. name of my card deck <laughs> is show me you love me okay go on <laughs> um i think you know uh, we've been noticing we get a handful of emails from you guys every every week or so and Almost every single one has some question or confession about betrayal or about um, trust issues, and so I want to talk about that today and just sort of say, hey, how do we how do we handle that? Like, how do we help people um, grapple with these kinds of complicated um, some you know, gray, we call them gray, not quite black and white mm-hmm. challenges that come up when it comes to trust and betrayal in mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the question that I get often is somebody who's on the other side of being hurt and trust has been just really broken in the relationship for whatever reason. It could be the fact that a partner has been sober for years and then they've been secretly drinking behind their partner's back and, and that's a betrayal or they're spending money or giving money. Um, I had one where one partner recently found out that their partner was giving money to a family member for years, basically keeping them afloat um, by subsidizing their lifestyle. And they didn't know about that. And that was a betrayal. Mm-hmm. And the question I get often is, can I ever trust my partner again? And then the follow-up question is, if I can, how? And that's a yeah. <laughs> really hard, hard, hard one. Because no doubt. One thing that I know to be true about relationships and to be true about betrayal, and I think that this is the reason why we are on the track that we're on, which is to help couples overcome affairs and overcome betrayal, is we truly believe that relationships are more resilient than most people think they are. You mm-hmm. can overcome so much more than you really do think that you can. So yes, I do think that trust can be rebuilt. How is yeah? I'm, is I'm with you on that. I think I, I think my bias in general is yes, you can achieve trust, um, and in fact, sometimes you can achieve trust that's more, more secure, more powerful, more real mm. than than it was before you didn't. And the kind of the way that I explain this sometimes is that you know you ha- you stand up on an on the, on an altar, presumably most people do, and they say things like, "I'm gonna." for better and for worse and richer and poorer and sickness and health. And um, I'm going to love and cherish and honor and be faithful, you know, and you say all this stuff and you really don't know what you're saying because it hasn't been tested yet. Like there's no, there's no real data that says, yes, 
I mean, it's kind of like taking a job, right? I'm going to take this job. I'm going to do this job for the rest of my life. And then you learn what the job is. Um, and with jobs, we can quit perhaps, but in a marriage, you know, the investment is, is pretty high. The sunk cost is pretty high. And so I often just tell people that when they, when they have an experience of say breaking a vow, um, mm -hmm. and then they, and then they choose together to say, we're going to make this vow again, knowing what it cost them. Mm then often the strength of that is stronger. So I'm a big fan of saying, yeah, absolutely. You can rebuild trust. That's a, that's a, that's definitely possible. Mm -hmm. The how though is a, is a challenging, is it, it is a challenging piece for sure. So it's interesting what you just said. And, um, you know, I have a, we have a, a colleague that we know and his story is that there's been a rebuilding of trust three separate times. And the, the end result is that there's an awareness now of what is at stake and what you're choosing your relationship for, what you're really uh, intending for your relationship. You know, the gravity of what you're choosing and it's stronger after that third uh, attempt at recreating this relationship than it was the first before there was ever a break of trust. Um, well, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I do think that there's some conditions, right? Like I had a couple of just in my office a, uh, a couple weeks ago and she had uh, said something to him like, if this ever happens again, I'm out, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And, and it happened again. And she called me and they came in because she realized she wasn't done. She wasn't out. Mm -hmm. She said, I don't know. I, I like, I learned this thing where I thought that I couldn't handle it, but I realized I could and that mm -hmm. I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, and she found herself in a more curious position than, than a certain position and, and wanting to know like, what is this about him? And how does this, how does it, how does this work? And why does he do this? And what is that about? And where does it come from? And um, I think that that is a part of it. And I said, you know, there's a couple things that there's a couple ways this could go, right? You could say, Hey man, why'd you do this? And he could say, I don't know. And quit bothering me about it because it's just the way it is, and I'm and I'm really sorry, but you're gonna have to deal. And that is trust diminishing. Mm -hmm. That will dry. That will increase her sense of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Or he could say, I don't know, but you're right. Like this is a disturbing pattern, and and I, I'm not sure what that's about. And it, maybe it has something to do with my relationship with my dad. And I'm gonna get into some therapy and find out. And that is trust building, right? You know, right. And so I do, I do think it takes some mutual participation and accountability and responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't think that has to be based in shame or guilt or, or like uh, ultimatums, but, but the mutual buy-in and the mutual curiosity, I think does create a, at least the fertile ground for trust building. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to, I mean, I like to say only because I uh, mathematically, I believe this is true. Every single thing you do in a relationship, every single thing, is either trust building or trust diminishing. Sure. Um, um, even if it's fractional, even if it's just like a small, small mm. gesture. Mm -hmm. um, so the how to build trust is to discern how do we how do we um, create a surplus of uh, of positive or of trust building activity relative to the negative activity. That's that's. And that requires some curiosity, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe a card deck. Maybe it does require a card deck where you say, "Hey, I'm gonna. This is how we're gonna create a surplus. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna playfully uh, enjoy each other mm -hmm. in a way that matters." You know. 
you know, there's, so I agree. I think that the whole idea of having trust building events all throughout your day that cumulatively create that surplus of feeling like you are building trust in the relationship. And just to give you kind of an example of what you can do if you're trying to, you're attempting to build trust when you think trust has been broken. Some things can be that you establish a a daily call and that call is every day at 11 o'clock as one of you is going on to your lunch break and you're going to call and just check in. And every time you make that phone call and your partner picks that call up, that's a trust building activity. Or you're going to say to your partner, honey, I'm going to pick this up from the store on the way home, or I'm going to drop off your dry cleaning or whatever it might be. And you follow through on your word. That's another trust building activity. There's all these small, tiny little moments where you say you're going to do something and you do it. Or you go to a party with your partner and you know your partner is somewhat insecure uh, in large groups and you hold your partner's hand throughout the entire night. That's a trust building activity of saying that you're going to do something and following through, being there for your partner. I mean, uh, Susan Johnson talks about the question of, "Will you? are you there for me? Will you be there for me? And anytime that you give your partner a positive indication that you're there for them, that you've got their back is a trust building activity. And it's really those small, tiny moments that have the cumulative effect of rebuilding trust, which a lot of people think, okay, it took 10 years to build trust and 10 minutes to break it. How long do you think it's going to take to rebuild that trust? It's going to take a while. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's unfortunately the, there's no quick fix to rebuilding trust. And, and that's tough for people to hear because it was broken so quickly. It's, it really is going to take time. And that's a hard thing for people to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I think that there's, I think it takes time, but again, I would go back to, it takes curiosity. Like I, um, I always think about like, so person A says to person B, I don't trust you. That doesn't mean anything to me it, it, um, until I understand like maybe person A has trust issues. Maybe they're, maybe they're the adult child of an alcoholic mm-hmm. or they have a, a background of abuse or their first marriage, you know, experienced some infidelity or whatever. Like mm-hmm. their capacity for trust is broken. And it might be because person B is not trustworthy mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. They 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 have a gambling problem and they never show up on time. And um, there's a history of you know secrets. Mm-hmm. And so the the notion of I don't trust you has to be weighed against that you know that sort of that range of possibility where where both people try to move into the middle, right? The person whose capacity for trust is, is diminished. Mm-hmm needs to like learn about that and, and be willing to test it. Um, and the person who's not trustworthy has some responsibility and some accountability to come in and, and show that they can, that they can actually show up. And, and that's a combination between two people, right? Right. Um, that's a cocktail that gets created. And then, and then of course the other one, if there's another sort of verdict, like the axis of question here is like, I don't trust you means what? I don't trust you to take the garbage out when mm-hmm. you say you're going mm-hmm. to, or I don't trust you not to sleep with your secretary, mm-hmm. or I don't trust you not to, you know, drink, a, you know, a six pack before you come home from work. Like what, what I think there has to be a, a second part of the sentence um, so that you can actually learn about it and move through it. Um, because, you know, 
they're, they're really different. Trust is really complicated. It's mm-hmm. really complicated. It is. Um, it is very complicated. I find that, you know, even when you suggested, let's talk about trust and said, man, Zach, it's so, it's just a big can of worms. Like you want to talk about trust. That's a big conversation to have. I don't even really know where to go from there. And, uh, and when I'm working with couples, it is, it does need to be specific. I don't trust you to take out the garbage because you haven't taken the garbage out every last Tuesday for the entire year and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, it, it is a complicated topic and I don't, expect couples who have had a breach in trust to know how to overcome it on their own. I don't. I think mm. it's a really tough thing to do and you owe it to your partner, you owe it to your relationship to navigate those waters you know, with uh, with some help, with, with a guided yeah. counselor, someone who can help you through it. Well, and I think, yes, with some help. And again, I would say, but if, if you go in to any situation like this, with the mentality that you are certain what's required. Like if this happens, then if then, mm. but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it's going to, it's going to limit your ability to really create an environment where trust can be rebuilt. So it's true. Um, That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. And so maybe your therapist creates that environment for you. Or if, if you're a therapist, we'd love to hear how you're creating that environment for, for your couples too. Yeah. Well, it- Zach, I wanted to talk about something because we have a project that we're working on and I, I wanted to just kind of take this opportunity to ask if um, if there are listeners out there that have uh, dealt with any sort of a break of trust and specifically we're talking about infidelity um, because we are really wanting to create support around those who are struggling to overcome infidelity that are on the other side and maybe you've come out on the other end and it's rainbows and butterflies, and maybe you're still in the thick of it. And uh, either way, we would love to talk to you. Um, if you send me an email uh, to info at forbetter.us and just say, yes, Laura, let's talk, then um, then that'll just get the, the wheels in motion because I, I want to talk to you. I want to hear your story. And uh, we'd love to gather as many voices as possible to help people understand that you're not alone and also to give us more information. Um, about what it's like to be in in the thick of it or on the other side of it and just what your personal story was, your experience. Um, yeah, cool. And I would emphasize too that like um, we would enjoy talking with you whether you are the the partner who's been harmed mm-hmm. or the partner maybe who was involved um, either way. Like um, there, are, there are things that we can learn from your experience um, no matter what role you played in that process. So um, if you're willing to share that with us, then we would love to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. And maybe, maybe I'll send you a card deck if you <laughs> <laughs> if you agree to talk to me and spend an hour. Um, all right. right well, Zach, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Yeah, cool. Um, have a have a good afternoon, Thanks. and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you pretty soon. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. So, if you found this episode helpful. We would love to hear from you, so please review us on iTunes. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, we do have a bucket load of new episodes in store, so we want to make sure that you don't miss a thing. So we just want to thank you, mostly just for your time, your attention, and your energy toward investing in your relationship for better. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.